Hey there, welcome to Healthy Ish, your podcast from Body and Soul with me, your host, Felicity Harley. Now, for one week only, we are giving you the best of wellness, as I am calling it. Yes, to celebrate the year that was, listeners, here today or here this week are our most listened to wellnessy, healthy-ish episodes. Now, this interview I did with Tanya DeJong went bananas, dare I say. It was about psychedelic medicine. Now, we know the use of this to treat mental health disorders is nothing new, but just last year, the federal government announced it will pour millions into clinical trials using the likes of magic mushrooms for treatments. I wanted to get Tanya on. She is the co-founder of Mind Medicine Australia to, well, help us make sense of this all. And she had a well, we did a great chat and I think you're going to enjoy it as well. If you do want more from Tanya, I will drop her interview on Extra Healthy-ish where she goes a bit deeper into the whole issue. You just search for Extra Healthy-ish wherever you get your podcasts. Tanya, welcome to Healthish. How's your day been so far? Good, thank you. All the better for meeting with you, Felicity. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Likewise. I'm um, looking forward to having this chat, actually. Tell us mm-hmm. firstly, what are psychedelic therapies exactly? So psychedelic-assisted therapies are the use of a psychedelic medicine like psilocybin, which is a psychoactive component of magic mushrooms, or MDMA, which is more of an empathogen but still comes in the same class, used in combination with a short course of psychotherapy to treat somebody who has, at the moment, a range of different mental illnesses. So in the case of psilocybin, it's being used, psilocybin-assisted therapy is being used to treat people with depression and also end-of-life stress and, in some cases, addictions as well. And in the case of MDMA, it's being used very effectively to treat post-traumatic stress disorder and also potentially addictions. But both medicines and these therapies are also being trialled for a whole range of conditions. So not just depression, anxiety and addictions, but also obsessive compulsive disorder, anorexia and eating disorders, dementia and other early cognitive decline cluster headaches, fibromyalgia, schizophrenia, Parkinson's. I mean, it's a, there's a long list of potential conditions that could be treated by these groundbreaking medicines. And it's really important to say to all of your listeners that these medicines are not new. They're not experimental either. I mean, psychedelic medicines have been with human civilization since the beginning of human history. Um, and you can find them in the ancient archaeology of Greece and Rome. There's also, um, you know, these are used around the world in Indigenous cultures, uh, religious communities to heal and raise consciousness. So these medicines have been used widely throughout history. And uh, unfortunately, though, in 1970, President Nixon had his war on drugs and criminalised the use of all psychedelics. And this was not based on the science. In fact, his advisors acknowledged that they were lying about the science. Oh, wow. But it was for political reasons because they were trying to conscript people into the Vietnam War movement and a lot of young people didn't want to go and have war anymore because they were feeling love and peace and, you know, connection through these medicines and and that whole era, um, you know, of the free-loving 
fifties and so. 60s I mean, fa- fast mm-hmm. fast forward today. I mean, there are. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's. Do I dare I say trendy or it's something that we're talking about more and more? I mean, there's more research in this space. The federal government's obviously put funding behind it. Can you talk through any perhaps recent research that is really promising and and what the benefits of taking this? Yeah, I mean, there's so much incredible research. And I think we all have to remember that we have a mental health crisis um, that is of really serious and significant proportions and it's getting worse by the day. It's not getting better. So current treatments are only working for a very small percentage of patients. In the case of depression, only about 30% of patients are going into remission. And in the case of post-traumatic stress disorder, only about 5% with existing treatments. So we're not getting the majority of patients well. There's a lot of avoidable suffering and suicide in our community. And so what is remarkable about the research around these treatments is that after just two to three treatments with the medicines combined with a short course of psychotherapy across over 160 trials around the world, we're seeing remission rates of between 60 to 80%. Wow, that's promising, isn't it? You know, that's really extraordinary. And that means a lot more people could be getting well, leading meaningful, happy and healthy lives. And, you know, that's all of our brothers, our sisters, our mums, our dads, our children. Um, who can start to heal. And we need to give people that that chance to get well, to get access to medicines and treatments that could get them well. And that's just a really exciting prospect. What about the argument that it can they can trigger mental health issues or is that just given in small do- doses they won't? Yes, this is what I want you to debunk. I mean, that is out there. It can cause psychosis. Talk us about Talk to us about this. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of myths, unfortunately, surrounding these medicines. And again, that was sort of all hyped up in the 60s and 70s where people would say, you know, that people get psychosis, that they'll lose their minds, all of this. And actually, before I undertook this treatment, and bear in mind that I'd never had any drugs in my life until 2016. So I I didn't even get drunk. I I don't even drink coffee. And I'd certainly never tried any drugs. I was pretty against drugs. And I read this article about these treatments and I just was immediately captivated, not because I have a particular mental illness, but because I had been carrying trauma. We all carry trauma. You know, I'm the daughter and granddaughter of Holocaust survivors. And so epigenetically, even if we don't have our own trauma in our own lives, we're we're carrying stuff of our parents, our grandparents, collectively part of humanity. We've all gone through a lot of trauma at the moment with the pandemic and so on. So we all carry trauma. And even though I had read widely about these treatments, I still, like at one part of me was going, am I going to, you know, lose my mind or any of this? And, you know, of course, what I experienced was one of the most profoundly meaningful experiences in my life. I mean, it was probably certainly within the top couple of experiences in my life, if not the best, in terms of, the sense of connection to self, to others, to the planet, the sense of oneness, of awe and wonder and gratitude for everything um, that exists in our world, that we are so lucky as life, human beings, to experience the beauty of nature and all these beautiful things. I mean, I've never seen a leaf, a seashell, a, you know, a raindrop or a tree the same again or a bird or anything as, as I have since I had these 
medicine treatments. And it's really important that we do think about these things as medicines. You know, any drug, if it's used wrongly on the street, can be bad for you. Yeah, you know, absolutely. if you have, Good if you point. have a whole packet of Panadol, you know, you could get very sick. If you drink too much alcohol, you're definitely going to get very sick. But when these are taken at the right dose under medically controlled environments with trained therapists, they're remarkably safe. There's not been one single serious adverse event, let alone a death, across thousands of patients who've been trialled. So just so, quickly, <laughs> where are we at with all of this in Australia? I mean, the TGA has approved this or we're not there yet? No, so, well, the TGA has been granting some approvals through the special access scheme um, to patients who are treatment resistant where their psychiatrists have applied um, for them to have these treatments. And that's been happening federally, but at a state level we've had blockages because the states are not recognising the medicines as medicines. They're still conflating them as drugs. So, you know, and they're saying, well, the, the, the drugs can't be brought into the state because of those recreational use laws. But we're not talking about recreational use. We're talking about medical use. And what really needs to happen in Australia is there needs to be a nationally standardised way of ensuring that these treatments can become available to all those who need them. Um, in every single state of Australia. Now, the best way of getting that across the line, of course, is to have them rescheduled from Schedule 9 to Schedule 8. Schedule 9 is a prohibited substance and Schedule 8 is a controlled medicine. And these medicines should be sitting as controlled medicines. That's the schedule that they belong in. And um, they were nearly rescheduled recently very close and we've now put in rescheduling applications again but really what we need is is a movement from everyone who's listening like if you're if you're listening to this and either you're suffering from mental illness or someone you love is and I'm you know I don't think that any of us in this world at the moment don't have people we care and love deeply you know who are going through terrible um Trauma. suffering yeah yeah, and trauma. And so, you know, if you care about those people as you as you would, then just demand change, demand change. We have to create a movement to make sure that people realise this is not something that can wait for years and years while more trials are done. There's been 160 trials in the last decade or so. You know, the, the evidence is, is there and... We can't really afford to wait and allow more people to die or to suffer immeasurably because we're not prepared to actually innovate. Like there needs to be some innovation in treatments available to, to doctors and their patients. Tanya, thank you so much for coming on Healthy-ish. Oh, no, it's a pleasure. And please go and visit mindmedicineaustralia.org and um, and learn all about this. It's, it's an incredibly exciting field of emerging medicine and I can't wait to see these treatments as part of the mental health system in Australia. 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode as part of our Best of Wellness Week. Yes, for this week only, we are playing the top five wellnessy episodes of 2022. And next week, we will do Best of Nutrition. If you want more from us, plenty of other episodes of Healthyish or Extra Healthyish, you can jump online, bodyandsoul.com.au, or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. And if you have a moment, we'd be so grateful if you could rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Or hey, share it with a mate. Go on. That's a great Christmas gift, isn't it? Hmm, great idea. Anyway, until next time you listen, try and stay healthy-ish. Hey, I'm Felicity Harley and I host Healthy-ish, where we chat to experts, influencers and people in the know from around the globe to arm you with the knowledge to make healthier decisions for your mind, body and soul. I think if we're going to be focusing on health, like sleep is probably the biggest component oh, of that. I, I think sleep is the cornerstone. Like choose the harder option because I've never woken up and gone, I regret that run that I went at 4am. I've never done that. Search for Healthy-ish and Extra Healthy-ish wherever you get your podcasts.